It's another week. This is Andrew Wood, Executive Director of Hope Resource Center. Thank you so much for tuning in, whether that be live at Joy 620 or you're listening to the podcast at investinghope.com, iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, wherever podcasts are found. You can find this show. We have a lot to talk about today, a whole lot. Uh, some big news happened after the recording of last week's show. Last week, we focused on... Uh, the heroes, the 13 that, that died in the bombing in Afghanistan. And of course, they're saying ISIS K did it and Taliban. But, you know, what's happening in Afghanistan with the Taliban is what we expected to happen. Uh, there, there now apparently are, uh, six planes being held hostage, uh, in Afghanistan, uh, by the Taliban. We were told, oh, if you want to get out, we'll be able to get you out. Well, that doesn't seem to be the case. We still have veterans of the military, veterans of special forces, uh, taking upon themselves to go over there and try to save people. We have congressmen doing the same thing. We have a number of folks trying their best to get people out of that uh, country, and we'll continue to pray for them. But last week we focused on that. Uh, this week we are going to talk about a law that is out of Texas concerning abortions, and it's been the talk of the town. It has been over, uh, it's been on all the cable news outlets. It's been on all the major publications, New York Times, uh, of course NPR. I'm going to be referencing them here in a second. Uh, CNN, uh, Salon. I mean, you name the website and they're covering this issue. Now, why are they covering it? Well, because it's the golden calf. Now, they wouldn't call it the golden calf because many of those that are against this law uh, do not understand the, the reference when I say the golden calf. They don't have a biblical worldview. They don't, they don't see it that way. So, so the interesting thing that's happened over the last week or so is you've had people showing their, their true colors. And so you have people that are, that are saying, uh, we're feminists. We care deeply about women and the rights of women. I mean, not when they're in the womb. We don't care about them. Uh, and, 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 and then you have the same people saying, we need to do everything we can to save lives during COVID and the pandemic. And if it saves one life, it's worth it. Yet they, they will march and argue all day long about the quote unquote right to end a life in the womb. And so everybody got up in arms about what happened in Texas. They're saying that Roe v. Wade is dead and, and all these things. That's not what happened. Uh, what happened in Texas, the Supreme Court, uh, refused to hear the case. And we'll, we'll talk about that here in a second. Uh, I'm going to walk you through what this law is out of Texas and what it means. And then I'm going to walk you through some of the myths that have been uh, uh, spewed uh, across social media and other places. And we're going to walk through why they are myths and why they're not true. We're going to talk about the process and we have a judicial process for a reason and, and why the Supreme Court decided to uh, not take this case up. It isn't that they ruled one way or the other. They said, we're not going to take it. We're not going to look at it. So as of right now, that case in Texas, that law in Texas is constitutional uh, or at the very least can be passed and signed by the governor and, and put into action because we're not going to take up uh, the appeal process. And so first off, what does the the Texas law mean? Okay, so it bans abortions as soon as cardiac activity is detectable. That's around six weeks, which is before a lot of people know they're pregnant. That's what, again, I'm reading this from NPR, and I wanted to pick NPR because I didn't want somebody to listen to this going, oh, he's picking uh, Life News or he's picking a, a pro-life slanted 
uh, publication. No, I, I'm, I'm picking NPR, which is certainly not a pro-life slanted publication. But I want to walk you through how they view this bill. So they say that's around six weeks, which is before a lot of people know that they're pregnant. Cardiac activity, which is a heartbeat. Other states have tried to do this, but those laws have been challenged by abortion rights groups and blocked by federal courts again and again. So how is this law different from other states' efforts? Groups who oppose abortion rights have pushed for this Texas law, hoping that it will be harder for federal courts to knock it down. Instead of requiring public officials to enforce the law, this law allows individuals to bring civil lawsuits against abortion providers or anyone else found to aid or abet illegal abortions. <clears throat> the law empowers individuals to enforce, enforce an abortion ban. So how would that work in practice? Let's think through this. Anyone who successfully sues an abortion provider under this law could be awarded at least $10,000. And to prepare for that, Texas Right to Life has set up what it calls a, quote, whistleblower website, where people can submit anonymous tips about anyone they believe to be violating the law. These lawsuits are not against the women, says John Sago with Texas Right to Life. The lawsuits would be against the individuals making money off of the abortion, the abortion industry itself. So this is not spy on your neighbor and see if they're having an abortion. In a federal lawsuit challenging this, a coalition of abortion providers and reproductive rights groups said the law, quote, places a bounty on people who provide or aid abortions, inviting random strangers to sue them, end quote. Uh, what does this law mean for patients and abortion providers? Uh, Dr. Kumar, a family medicine doctor who works for Planned Parenthood in Houston, says the law creating a lot uh, of uncertainty for patients and providers, but Kumar insists he will comply. The ban, though, will likely mean a lot of questions from patients about how they can get an abortion outside of Texas. And Kumar said this, I know that there are many people who don't have the ability to make it out of state. The logistics and ability to do so is not an option for them, he said. So I'm really concerned about what's going to happen to people, end quote. Now, he's concerned about what's going to happen to people as long as they're not in the womb. We're not concerned about those people because they don't consider them people. We just have to put that into context. Another doctor, uh, an OBGYN, told NPR over the weekend that patients are apprehensive. Quote, they understand that the abortion they're having this week, last week, the week before, is something that they wouldn't be able to have next week. They've been asking about it and asking, you know, if I were here in September, would I be able to get this? End quote. And so, again, it goes back to the they want abortion at all costs. That's what they want. So what does this mean for abortion laws in other states? If the federal courts ultimately allow this law to stand, it's very likely that other conservative states will move to pass similar laws. Of course they will. Sago with Texas Right to Life said his organization is working with activists in multiple states who are eager to replicate this model if it succeeds in blocking access to most abortions in Texas. Quote, it is still a bit untested. We're still working on what these lawsuits are going to look like if the industry decides to break the law, Sago says. So it is a new model that we're still testing out. So what happens next? Multiple court challenges to the law are underway, including several lawsuits in state court in Texas targeting anti-abortion rights groups, including Texas Right to Life. Abortion rights groups are also organizing protests and demonstrations in Texas in opposition to the law. A spokesman for Texas Right to Life told NPR that no lawsuits against abortion providers are imminent, and abortion providers say they will comply with the law as long 
as it is in effect. So there you have it. That is the law. Now, what you've seen on social media over the last week or so is a, a lot of folks are, are really been out of shape. They are upset. They are mad. They are angry. They're sad. They're protesting. They're yelling. And they're saying, how dare you? How dare you pro-lifers? You know, so, so it, it boggles my mind that we are in a place. We have progressed so far to reach 2021. I mean, I'm, I'm currently listening to a book on Audible that's called The, the Time It Never Rained. And it's about a, uh, a rancher in West Texas in the 50s that didn't have rain for, for over a year. There was no rain, none to amount to anything. And he's a rancher and he needs rain and he needs all these things. And I'm listening and I'm going, they didn't have phones. They didn't have any. This was just the 50s. He fell off his horse and he was about five miles from his house and he thought, I'm going to have to sleep out here because I, I, I think I might have broke my ankle and I'm not going to be able to get back home. Had no way of contacting anybody. And, and, and you fast forward to 2021 where literally we have everything we could possibly want on our cell phones. Everything. As Think of a question. You can find the answer. We have we have reached new heights when it comes to technology. We've reached new heights when it comes to medical technology, when it comes to ultrasounds, when it comes to, to understanding what is happening inside the womb while a baby is growing. We have reached new heights when it comes to research and studies and, and less women dying after having a baby, less babies dying. We have reached new heights in all this stuff. I mean, we, we started a pandemic last year and within months we had vaccines readily available that for all accounts are working. And so we, we have done so many things to advance the lifespan of humans over the years. And even still in 2021, you have people that are upset because a law was passed in Texas that means without a doubt there will be babies that would have been aborted that now will survive. Think about that. There are babies that a month ago would have been aborted, but now will survive because of this law. Is this the perfect law? No. Is it the best law? No. Is it a law that I would have drafted? Probably not. But my goodness, are we not supposed to make any initiative or take any initiative and make any, any, uh, move the ball down the field? I mean, what are we doing? How come when New York passes a law that says we're going to allow abortion up to nine months? Abortion on demand for any reason, no matter what, they're applauded. When the CDC says, and the FDA, I'm, I'm, excuse me, the FDA, when the FDA says, yeah, we need to make it easier to get the abortion pill to people so, so you can just buy it through the mail, have it shipped to your mailbox, take care of that abortion at home, no problem. How come NPR and those folks aren't, aren't screaming about the, the ramifications of that? The side effects of that. The dangers of, of doing that at your house without a doctor supervising. How come there aren't articles about that? How come the morning news shows aren't talking about that? When Illinois rewrites 
laws on the books to literally dehumanize the, the baby in the womb. That's what they did. And I talked about it on here. Very few people talked about it or even brought it up. You see, because in their mind, that's not extreme. That's advancing rights, women's rights, reproductive rights. Look, folks, this, this, all that is happening over the last week tells you how ignorant, and, and I'm not using that as a derogatory term. I'm not meaning it, people are dumb or stupid. I'm saying that, that you're, that, that there are folks that are ignorant to how these things work. If you walk out on the street today and you, you ask people, what is Roe v. Wade? They may tell you, probably will, that, that gives us the right to an abortion. If you ask those same people, what happens if Roe v. Wade is overturned? I bet you most of them would tell you, well, that means abortion is outlawed across the country. That's not what happens. If Roe v. Wade is overturned tomorrow, it doesn't mean abortion is outlawed across the country. It means that states will enact laws that they see fit to push an abortion agenda or to restrict abortion. That, that's what you're going to have. And so don't be surprised that when places like New York go the other way and they say abortion on demand for any reason, for anyone, and we're going to pay for it. And then conservative states, pro-life states like Texas or Tennessee say, you know what? Since Roe v. Wade's overturned, we're going to outlaw abortion in this state. Folks, that's what we're going to have. That's what we're going to have. And so you've heard a lot over the last week about this law out of Texas. I mean, you've even, you've even heard some, uh, quote unquote conservatives who were not in favor of this law. And they're almost saying, what is this going to mean for us pro-lifers? And shouldn't we apologize for doing this? Folks, I'm all about compassion. I'm all about being merciful. I'm all about being uh, kind. But there is nothing compassionate, merciful, or kind about ending the life via abortion in the womb. There's nothing. Nothing. So if there's 150 to 200 babies a day in Texas that are going to survive because of this law, then yes, let's do that. So when we come back, we're going to talk about the myths that are surrounding this law and hopefully give us some clarity to what's happening and what it means for us moving forward. We'll be back. So as we continue to talk about and see what's happening in the state of Texas, the reason folks are paying attention, obviously, is because this uh, could pave a way for legislation across the country. Uh, there's already states that have trigger laws, and, 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 and that's the thing. If, if Roe v. Wade is overturned, like I said in the last segment, if Roe v. Wade is overturned, it goes back to the states. Tennessee already has a trigger law. Many states already have trigger laws. What are trigger laws? It means that the day Roe v. Wade is overturned, Abortions are banned in the state of Tennessee. That trigger law takes effect when Roe v. Wade is overturned. And so people get all bent out of shape about what's happening in Texas. Part of that is they're, they're ignorant to the fact that there's already trigger laws. If Roe v. Wade is truly overturned, there's going to be a number of states that, that outlaw abortion. 
And guess what? There's going to be a number of states that are, that are abortion sanctuaries where they say, come one, come all. And, and tax dollars will pay for it. And so as we think through this, first off, we have to be logical. We have to be rational and we have to be honest. There's a great follow over at Instagram called Pro-Life Millennial. Look them up. Give them a follow. Uh, well worth your time. And they've gone through and they looked at the myths surrounding this Texas law. And I think it's important because there's a lot of things being said about this Texas law that aren't true. I've seen it from friends and family members, from, from fellow churchgoers. Look, we need to be, we need to be honest and transparent. And, and if we're going to say, Hey, there's a lot of conspiracy theories going around online. There's a lot of misinformation going around online about COVID and about this and about that. Then we have to be honest about this. And we have to be transparent about this law. And we have to be honest in our dialogue about this law. It's one thing to say the law is bad. It's another thing to make things up about it that aren't true. And so myth number one, private citizens can sue a woman for having an abortion. There are some people that are saying, hey, this Texas law is allowing for people to sue a woman for having an abortion. This law does not allow for a woman receiving an abortion to be sued. That is the truth. The law does not allow for a woman receiving an abortion to be sued. The only people who can be sued under this bill are those who, one, perform an abortion, or two, aid in helping obtain an abortion, such as providing financial assistance. And here's what it actually says in the law. Performs or induces an abortion in violation of this subchapter, knowingly engages in conduct that aids or abets the performance or in, in inducement of an abortion so that's what it allows it does not allow for the the filing suit against the woman that that receives an abortion myth number two the law prevents women from receiving life-saving care needed for pregnancy complications again a lot of people have said hey this law gives no exceptions for anything for life of the mother for for anything like that Well, that's a myth. The truth is the law specifically provides an exception for when the mother's life is at risk. And let's be honest and truthful about that. Way less than 1% of births of any kind put a mom at risk. The law specifically provides an exception for when the mother's life is at risk. This is up to the doctor's discretion, but documentation must be provided. Here's the actual language of the law. It says, Do not apply, so section 171.203 and 171.204 do not apply if a physician believes a medical emergency exists that prevents compliance with this subchapter. So right there, if a doctor believes that it is needed to save the life of the mother, there is an exception in the law for that. Myth number three, you've probably heard this one if you've been paying attention. A rapist can sue and be awarded $10,000 if his victim has an abortion. No, that's not true. The Texas heartbeat law specifically does not allow this to happen under section 171.207. And it says this. Suit may not be brought by a person who impregnated the abortion patient through an act of rape, sexual assault, 
incest, or any other act prohibited by sections 22.011, 22.021, or 25.02 Penal Code. So again, that is not true. There, there are also people saying that this is, you know, this is in favor of, of men and in favor of rapists, not women. That's not true. So if we're going to have dialogue on whether the law is good or not, then let's have dialogue on that. But let's not make stuff up. What, what's the point of making stuff up? Let's be honest about what's in the law. Myth number four, the law prevents women from receiving treatment for miscarriage or ectopic pregnancy. That's not true. The legal definition of abortion in Texas can be found at the beginning of chapter 171 in the Texas Health and Safety Code. SB 8, which is this law, is an amendment to this chapter. So this definition applies to the amended portion. The definition specifically excludes treatment for miscarriage and ectopic pregnancy, as well as early induced delivery due to pregnancy complications. Here's what it actually says. An act is not an abortion if the act is done with the intent to save the life or preserve the health of an unborn child, remove a dead unborn child whose death was caused by spontaneous abortion or miscarriage, or remove an ectopic pregnancy. You see, folks, we say and spout a lot of things on, on our social media feeds. But sometimes, not just sometimes, every time, it's probably better to get the facts straight before you go spouting stuff off. Because what happens is that that little Kindle starts a giant flame. And then and then so many people have read it at that point, it's like, well, I don't, you know, I don't know what's true or not, but that sounds awful. We need to be truthful in this dialogue. Myth number five, there is no, quote, heartbeat at six weeks gestation, just, quote, cardiac activity. See, the abortion industry knows what they're doing. You see, they don't want to call it a heartbeat because they know a heartbeat humanizes the baby. A heartbeat makes us think that's a person because it's a heartbeat. But we'll use cardiac activity. Guess what, folks? If today I stopped having cardiac activity, what would happen? I'd be dead. So we can change the wording and we can we can play semantics and we can make it not seem like it's a human and we can dehumanize and we can make it out like it's just another procedure. But the reality is it's a heartbeat. Although the heart is not fully, here's the truth, although the heart is not fully developed until about the 10th week of pregnancy, the heart actually starts beating and pumping blood in the earliest stages of heart development around 21 to 24 days post-conception, the beginning of the fifth week of pregnancy. The following is an, is an excerpt uh, from Larson's Human Embryology textbook found on page 269. The heart is the first organ to function in human embryos. It begins beating as early as the 21st day and starts pumping blood by the 24th to 25th day. Much of cardiac development, including remodeling and uh, occurs while the heart is pumping blood. Yeah, so let's be honest. You can call it cardiac activity, but but don't we all want cardiac activity? Like, if the ambulance shows up at your house and there's no cardiac activity, you're dead. They have to get your heart pumping again. Why? Because when your heart's pumping, there's cardiac activity. 
Like, what are we doing? Myth number six, the penalty for abortion is now worse than the penalty for rape. This was made uh, famous from a tweet. Uh, somebody tweeted, said, when the penalty for aborting after rape is more severe than the penalty for rape, that's when you know it's a war on women. Well, this isn't true. This myth stems from a viral tweet uh, that has been circulating for a while. Not only is this claim not true in regards to the Texas law, it is not true for any state, specifically in regards to Texas. The maximum penalty for rape per the Texas Penal Code is 99 years in prison. The minimum penalty is at least two years. Since the heartbeat law does not criminalize for abortion for any party, the maximum penalty is a fine. So to say that, that now it's worse... Now this law is worse for women than rapists is not true. Not true. We'll talk more about these myths when we come back. Okay, so I didn't get to finish the the seven myths. I got through six of them uh, as we look at the Texas law on abortion that, that uh, ultimately the Supreme Court decided to not rule against. So... Number seven myth, by allowing the law to remain in effect, Supreme Court ignored precedent and overturned Roe v. Wade. Well, that's not true. The truth, the five justices who wrote the majority opinion for the denial of the emergency request to block the law made clear that they were not making any kind of statement of the constitutionality of the law. The request they were responding to was for a temporary stay on the law while their lawsuits over constitutionality were pending in lower courts. The justices determined that the applicants did not meet the legal qualifications to have their stay granted. The majority opinion in no way settled the case and left open the possibility for future legal challenges following proper legal procedures. And here's what it said. In light of such issues, we cannot, this is the Supreme Court, we cannot say the applicants have met their burden to prevail in an injunction or stay application. In reaching this conclusion, we stress that we do not purport to resolve definitively any jurisdictional or substantive claim in the applicant's lawsuit. In particular, this order is not based on any conclusion about the constitutionality of Texas law and in no way limits other procedurally proper challenges to the Texas law, including in Texas state courts. So, so look, there, there's many people that are saying, oh, whoa, the sky is falling. And there are some pro-lifers saying this is it. This is the the one we wanted. Now, if you are looking at win and loss columns, okay? So if you're saying, okay, do we put this one in the W column or the L column? If you're a pro-lifer, this is a big, big mark in the in the W column. Big win. We haven't seen a lot of those since 1973. Let's be honest. We got a lot of L's. This is a big W for the pro-life movement. This is a big L for the the pro-abortion movement, no question. No question. I know that because more babies are going to survive right now in Texas. I know that because Planned Parenthood's even coming out and going, yeah, we're going to abide by this law because we don't have much of a choice at the moment. I know that because there are protests and there's all the all the normal folks, all the 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 folks that that come out in giant support of abortion. <clears throat> Are doing what they do. They're out on social media. They're on Instagram, Twitter. They're all over the place. I even seen some people that typically are not on social media coming out and saying, "Look, I've come out of hiding to say that women have the right to abortion, and this is a travesty happening in Texas." 
So here we are. If you want to look at it a win and loss, which I don't think that's healthy, but if you do, pro-lifers got a W here. Look, there has been a lot of efforts over the years to get creative in crafting legislation. Because you have to. And and here's the thing. The, the pro-abortion folks do the same thing. They get crafty in their legislation. Why? Because they believe to their core. So So again, let's be honest and transparent with each other. They believe to their core that abortion is a woman's right. I mean, they, they believe, just like conservatives believe that the Second Amendment is the, the amendment that protects all amendments and, and they'll fight to the death for the Second Amendment. The left and, and pro-abortion folks believe abortion is the right. That is the right that trumps all rights. And so if they believe that, of course I'm not surprised when they act the way they do and when they write legislation that allows for abortion on demand for any reason. I'm not surprised when they fight with the FDA and when the Biden's FDA comes in and says, yeah, you can get abortion pill by mail. I'm not going to be surprised when California attacks pregnancy centers. I'm not going to be surprised when California says, not only are you should you get an abortion, but we're going to pay for it with tax dollars. I'm not going to be surprised when they institute the Mexico City policy that allows for our country tax dollars to pay for abortions around the world. I'm not going to be surprised when I see the Planned Parenthood president and CEO meeting with President Obama multiple times in the Oval Office because this is the golden calf. I'm not going to be surprised when the state of Illinois completely redefines what human means. To completely wipe out the humanity of a baby in the womb. I'm not going to be surprised when the governor of Virginia says, you know what, we'll just have that baby born and then we'll decide what we're going to do. I'm not going to be surprised when Hillary Clinton says, hey, we, we have to be at a point where that baby has no rights until it leaves the hospital. You see, they believe abortion is the number one right. So it doesn't surprise me when they do these things. What, what baffles me... What baffles me is when all of those folks are surprised that a state like Texas passes a law like this. To the point that they're like, oh, Texas is the new Taliban. Pro-lifers are the new Taliban. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? You see, those that are for abortion should not be surprised when pro-lifers craft legislation that says we are going to protect a child as soon as a heartbeat is present. Pro-abortion folks should not be surprised when places like Tennessee say you have to have an ultrasound before you can have an abortion. Pro-abortion folks should not be surprised when states say you have to have admitting privileges as an abortion doctor with the local hospital in order to provide abortions. You have to be ambulatory. These things should not surprise pro-aborts. Yet they do. Pro-abortion folks should not be surprised that a st- strong conservative legislature and a cr- strong conservative governor in the state of Texas say, we're going to craft legislation that protects babies in the womb, period, full stop. But yet they seem surprised. Look, I don't agree 
with the motives of those on the left that are that are pushing abortion on demand. I don't agree with those motives, but I'm not surprised when they craft legislation that that pushes that agenda. So why in the world are they surprised when our side crafts legislation that push, pushes a life agenda? And frankly, folks, 20, 30 years from now, when the history books write about this, which side do you want to be on? This law in Texas, even as it's written today, will in fact see babies saved. It will. There will be more babies born because of this law than before this law. That's the fact. Now people will say, what about rape, incest, life of the mother? The reality is less than 1% of all abortions are done so because of rape, incest, and life of the mother. And that's even a, a false uh, narrative because when, when, when abortion proponents say, well, what about life, life of the mother and rape and incest? If you look at them and say, okay, well, then we'll pass a law that outlaws abortion in all other cases. You think they're going to come onto your team and go, oh, man, that's a great law. We, we can get behind that. We just really are concerned about rape, incest, life of the mother. Of course not. Of course not. It's a false narrative. Since 1973, the only ones that have compromised when it comes to abortion are pro-lifers. There's been zero compromise from those that are for abortion. Zero. We don't have to be hateful about this. We don't have to be dishonest about this. But don't be surprised when people that believe life begins at conception passes and crafts laws that protects life in the womb. That should be the least surprising thing you've ever seen. Oh, you believe that there's life in the womb and you believe that every abortion ends that life? Well, then of course you're going to craft legislation to change that. But you see, this, this is why, although I want to see more laws like this, but this is why when... It's not going to end with just a law or just a court decision. You see, we need some heart change happening. We have folks that that really say, I mean, Taliban right now have have six airplanes held hostage trying to get out of Afghanistan. The Taliban, in in conjunction with ISIS-K, I'm not sure what all happened, blew up a, a bomb that killed 13 Americans, injured multiple more killed a number of Af- Af- folks from Afghanistan killed and injured plenty more they're they're holding people hostage they're literally killing women and children there are women in in Afghanistan right now protesting because they're not able to go to school anymore the feminists aren't standing with them the feminists are standing against the law in Texas that says, yeah, babies should be able to survive the womb. I, I, I don't know. I mean, the only way that changes is, is by a heart change. That's it. That's it. Oh, well, then there's going to be a, a, an issue with adoption and foster care. Look, no one is adopting more kids than, than pro-lifers. 
No one is fostering more kids than, than pro-lifers. Should, do we need more? Absolutely. And all of this, if we're going to be honest and transparent as we have a dialogue on this topic, if this is the golden calf, if abortion is the thing, the right that motivates pro-choicers and those that are for abortion, I've still yet to get a good answer for why they charge a penny for an abortion. If you believed, and I'm not saying tax dollars, if you believed that this was the right that trumped all rights, wouldn't you just provide abortions at no cost to to anyone that needed them or wanted them? No, because it's a billion-dollar industry, folks. Billions of dollars. No one wants to talk about that. We'll finish up when we come back. So as we finish up today, uh, hopefully today helped. I don't. I don't know. <laughs> sometimes I. Sometimes I wonder. You know. But but hopefully today was productive, and, and at the very least, maybe you've heard some of these uh, myths, or you, you've heard some conversations surrounding the law out of Texas. And you're like, I don't really understand what's going on, and. Uh, I don't know. Hopefully, hopefully it helped clear up some things up. Uh, again, honest, transparent dialogue is important when we're talking about laws and we're talking about whether we agree or disagree. Look, I'm all for a good debate. I don't have a problem with that. We can debate whether it's a good law or a bad law or does it need some tweaks or, or you know, is it the best law or, or not? But, but when we're not being honest about what the law says to begin with, well, then we can't debate. We can debate on the merits of the law and the merits of the text, or we can just make things up and then, look, I'm out. I'm not going to debate with you if you're making things up that aren't true. So hopefully this this will allow you to kind of uh, be clear on, on what the law said to begin with. I do want to mention that this week is the, the Run With Hope, uh, Hope 5K, 10K virtual event. You can run literally anywhere, anytime this week and, and submit your scores uh, and partner with us at, at Hope Resource Center. This year's run, uh, you can complete anytime this week, September 5th through the 11th. Uh, you can sign up uh, for either the 5K or 10K, and you'll be given an option to text in or email your results. Uh, and, again, you can pick where you run. Registration fee, uh, $25. <clears throat> and once you're registered, you get a goodie bag. A goodie bag includes a uh, pretty awesome uh, hoodie T-shirt, a toboggan, what I call a toboggan, some people call beanies, uh, with the Hope logo on it. And then uh, also one big thing to, to point out, this Thursday, this is the first time we've done this, in partnership with Cruise Farm Pizza Barn, uh, if you go there between 4 and 9 on Thursday evening and tell them you're there for Hope Resource Center, part of your uh, meal, uh, your your uh, what you spend, so the proceeds, part of your proceeds will go to Hope Resource Center. So go Thursday night. Have some pizza, eat some ice cream, enjoy yourselves, and tell them, please tell them, you're there for Hope Resource Center, and uh, and part of that, fun, those funds will come to us as an organization. It's going to be a great week. We, it's going to be gorgeous. It's been the humidity's gone pretty much. It's just cool days. Uh, it's been nice. If you get your run done in the morning, it's going to be in the 50s. 
uh, be perfect. Or if you don't want to run, you want to walk it. That's great. Walk it. If you don't want to run or walk, that's fine too. Just click the donate button and, and partner with us at Hope Resource Center. We'd love for you, for you to do that. I do want to mention our sponsors, Shoreline Church, uh, Bo and Aaron Sanford and the Boyd Foundation, uh, sponsoring the run this year. And it's just been a, a, a great, great thing. We are like $1,800, $1,900 away from our goal. So if you want to help us make that up, you can go to investinghope.com, click the donate button, and you can take care of that right now if you wanted to. We're about $1,800, $1,900 away. Click the donate button, type in how much you want to give, and uh, we would welcome that support. Uh, because all of your support is helping us serve the women in this city. And look, I get I get riled up about the laws that are happening around our, our country, whether that be in Texas or here or New York or Illinois or whatever. But the reality is, If that's all I did, if all I did was come on this radio once a week, come on this podcast once a week and rant and rave about politics and they did nothing outside of that, well, that would be for nothing. We want to be, we want to get fired up. We want to have righteous anger. And we talked about that last week. We want to do those things and we want to use our, our platforms and we want to talk and do all those things, but we have to not just talk. And that's what's happening at Hope Resource Center every day is we're not just talking. We're loving and serving those that are in need. A mom facing unplanned pregnancy, not sure how she's going to take care of the baby. We're going to be there for her. A mom that is, that is having an emergency situation, we're going to be there for her. A, a mom that is in an abusive relationship, we're going to be there for her. A, a drug addiction, we're going to be there for her. I mean, we've done that since 1997. That's not changing. And so we need to be under, we need to understand what's going on in, in these laws and, and with legislation and, and Supreme Court decisions and all of those. And we're going to talk about them here. We, we, we talked about them a number of times. The, the law that's out of Mississippi that the Supreme Court's taken up in October. That, that's a big law. I believe we're going to see Roe v. Wade overturned in the near future. But folks, it just goes back to the states then. How many people know that? Very few. They think, oh, boom, Roe v. Wade's overturned, abortion's gone. No, it's not true. In some states it would be. In other states it won't be. And regardless, if Roe v. Wade is overturned, our work at Hope Resource Center doesn't end. Our work at the church doesn't end. There's still going to be women and men and babies in need of you, in need of me. So the question is, what are we prepared to do about it? So if we want to see Roe v. Wade overturned, that's great. I want to see it overturned, but we better be ready to get to work. Not tomorrow, but today. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you next week.